For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys. It's Wednesday. It's, it's what, what do you call, Schedule Eve? Uh, Schedulous, right? Any sign fail fields out there? That was a Festivus joke. Uh, it's a good day. Today is a good day. There's a lot of stuff leaking out, but there's some stuff that we do know we're going to talk about. But this is episode 848, and I wanted to focus on the gold helmet players. Because as you look up and down, we're going to talk about what a gold helmet player is. We're going to go through some of the guys that have fit that criteria. You find out pretty damn quick, these are a lot of players that this season is going to hinge upon. And these are guys that the 49ers checked off as this is a cultural fit. Okay, so pretty excited about that. Let's jump into just a little bit of the schedule stuff that's out there. Um, The one thing that we know for sure. We know for sure the 49ers do not have an international game, which is bittersweet. Uh, yeah, I see. Uh, I just got my passport renewed, man. Just got it fresh off the press. I was hoping to use it for the Niners, but that's okay. Um, we don't have to use them this year. We're not going anywhere, which which is bittersweet. You know, I asked, uh, shout out to Joe. He asked me to tweet this out, so I did. And just, you know, I, I put out there, do you like the 49ers having an international game? Yes or no? And 67% said no. And in the comments, it basically said the travel's just too much unless it's Mexico. Mexico was so awesome last year. Um, traveling wears on you. I, I learned this firsthand last year with all the 49ers rush road trips. I, I mean, it wears on you big time. But I love international games. Again, my whatever pledge is I will never miss a 49ers international game as long as I have the means to be there. I will be there. But we didn't get it, which means power deduction is strong with this one. The 49ers will be traveling to Jacksonville, Duval. Um, we're going to be there, which is exciting in another light because I've had a lot of people reach out to me, the Southeastern faithful, right? Like Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama, all those all those guys. Johnny Dale, uh, he's, he might not be watching right now, but uh, I'm talking to you, Johnny. They're going to be able to go to this game way this is the only game close to that geographic region on the schedule. So I just want to let you know, Jacksonville is going to be at the top of my list. Um, as far as like places that I want to travel and host events at, um, I'm excited about that one. And when the schedule does come out tomorrow, I must say the first thing I do, I, I got the mother-in-law flying in town. She's great. Shout out Lynn. But as soon as the schedule comes out, first thing I'm going to do is get four concrete games that we're going to be able to make. 
I'm going to come live on here. We'll announce those. We'll go through the schedule. That's tomorrow evening. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. But I do want to do a lot more games. I, I really, really do. And if you haven't yet, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. That's where we're going to have all the announcements, all the dates, all the tickets, tailgating, night before parties, all that stuff. And I will tell you, uh, we are currently in the works with not one, but two soon-to-be Hall of Famers for the 49ers uh, and coming out in some of these events. So just want to keep you guys pressed on that. They're not finalized yet. Uh, still working out some dollar figures and things like that. And because of that, we do usually charge a small amount. Um, still working on it, the exact details of those things. Because, again, we got to pay these guys a ridiculous amount to come out. But they're worth it. They've done their time. And it just it builds memories. It, the very first party I ever threw was with Frank Gore. Like, how lucky is that? Um, out in Miami at the Super Bowl, and it was incredible. It was at that moment where it was like, you know, a switch flipped. I, I was still coaching and teaching, and it was like, man, I think there might be a place for this full time. And it has kind of come full circle, which is just incredible. Um, and there is a lot of travel right here. Clarzard, international game means um, less games for the wallet. Right, so if you're in the Bay Area, international games sometimes takes away a home game the travel, all those things, I get it. And it is pricey, and it's not for everybody. But the one challenge I would say, I don't think anybody that came out to the Mexico City game last year regretted it. That was just, the the experience was nuts. I went to 13 games last year. That game was off the freaking charts, man. Blew him out. Jimmy G's best game, I think, in his entire career. It was really, really cool to see him like have that experience. Uh, it was just awesome. It, it was awesome. Uh, Josiah, what's up? And he says the road trips are lit. My favorite thing is that we get people that always come back and that's important. And people making those relationships with other people. Uh, it's a big, big deal. Now, one of the ABC channel affiliates, and again, you put as much stock into this as you want to. They tweeted out that the 49ers and Eagles game, the much anticipated is going to fall December 3rd, week 13. Now, they've since deleted that tweet, but tweeted out something else that says something similar. But whatever. I don't think it makes sense, and I even said this, I don't think it makes sense for the 49ers Eagles to be early, but we'll see. What is interesting to me, you look at Week 13 last year, guess who that game was? 49ers versus Dolphins, right? Two star power teams. The Dolphins, I think, were like 8-3 and three at that time, and then just... Whew, just, you know, took, uh, Niners destroyed them. They took their will to live and then the Tua stuff and whatever else. But at that point, my number one game last year that I was at was that Dolphins game. That's when Jimmy got hurt. I got pissed off, went and ordered some beers, come back, saw the, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it this, the birthing of Brock Purdy uh, just dominating the NFL world, which was so awesome. Um, and from there, it was just to the moon. It, People forget the Niners won 12 straight games last year, including playoff games before Brock Purdy got hurt. Now, some of those were Jimmy G wins, obviously, but Brock Purdy came in. That was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Uh, and, and so I'm pretty excited about that. I, I think a November, December matchup in Philly makes the most sense. I don't want to go there when it's cold. Uh, I'm allergic to cold. I shiver whenever I'm in cold weather. I don't like that. Um, That's a joke. Sorry. Bad joke. But, I don't like cold weather. However, you got trips to Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philly. You get some cold weather. Uh, it's coming this time. When we went to Philly two years ago, it was week two, and it was, like, awesome. It was hot, actually. Um, but 
Yeah, we're going to get some cold weather. That's okay. Uh, It's just what it's going to be. So excited about the schedule. Pumped about the schedule just because we get to kind of like lay everything out. Um, So we'll see. We'll see there. Shout out to all the hashtag CCs. Even got Coach Cruz in here. What's up, Coach? Uh, he's the man. He's the man. He's working on some Niners rush hats, which I think is going to be pretty cool. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. He made an awesome logo, too. Uh, we got Clayton behind the scenes, so keep your comments coming. We're keeping track of all your comments and questions. We're going to jump into that after we get through the scripted part of this show. So just because we don't jump on your comment or question early uh does not mean we won't get to it so get those questions in we'll add those to the end of the show and it's turning into one of my favorite parts of this show because i have to answer on the cuff i don't have time to go research it now if you want a more thought out you know whatever you can email us all the time 49ers um rush podcast at gmail.com you can message me on twitter at jl underscore chapman you can message us on Facebook, 49ers Rush. Tom's running that. He's killing it. Instagram, we got Eric running that over there. We are building a posse, ladies and gentlemen, and we are freaking taking this. We're ta- we are trying to do the best job possible with what we have, and we just keep organically growing with badass people. I don't like to cuss, but whatever. I'm talking about Clayton or Eric or Tom or any of these awesome people. They are badass. Juan Solis, are you kidding me? The definition of it. They got that dog in them. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of which, we got Trainwreck. What's up, Brian? He says, what is the meaning of life? Very, very simple. I, I love this question. Have fun, help people. That's it. Uh, you do those two things. Everything else just details, man. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do either. You can talk about grown men playing football. Have fun, help people. Everything else just goes easy after that. All right, here we go. Let's jump into the meat and potatoes um of this show and that is what is a gold helmet player have to say shout out to matt barrows that dude's killing it if if you're a person that likes written content not my thing not my jam um i we we had a website up and we were running it for a while and i was putting out articles wasn't really getting the traffic and it was taken away from me recording as much so i kind of you know stepped away from that but if that's your jam you got to go to theathletic.com I have no affiliation. They don't follow me (laughs) or anything like that. I just think that they are doing the best work out there that is as far from clickbait material as possible that actually has substance. Um, And so shout out to Matt Barrows. Shout out to Lombardi. I think that they're doing great work. Do I agree with all their takes? No, I don't agree with everybody's takes all over the place. Um, Not my thing. Also shout out to Lombardi. He just got married a couple days ago. Props to him, man. Um, but they're doing some great stuff. And part of this, most of all this content and quotes I get are from an Adam Peters interview that's on NFL or 49ers, 49ers um, YouTube channel. But he was able to get some extra sound bites into who these gold helmet players are, which, which I think is awesome. And look at this comment from Damon. Thank you, Damon, for the super chat. Awesome. He says, do you know what the specifics are to be a gold helmet? How much stock do you put into gold helmet designation? One... A lot of stock, okay? So let's go through there. The quote from Adam Peters is, to be a gold helmet guy, you have to, quote, be exemplary in performance, leadership, and intelligence. On top of that, you got to fit the culture, right? What's the culture? Toughness, physicality, and just a football freaking player. Can't just be a traits guy. Like, you got to be a football guy. You got to love the freaking sport. Now, me... 
we did rush crush players, right? And that was the thing. I think we picked 20. Uh, the Niners say they do 15 to 20 in every year's draft, and they hope to get one or two. This year they got two. They got two of them. Um, we'll detail those, but we're going to start with the pass players. And I do put a lot of stock in this. I, I really, really do. Um, the first one that I think is huge, and that's Colton McKivitz. Now, Colton's been on a journey, but if you go back, <laughs> you got to go back a ways. This is the 2020 year, fresh off the Super Bowl loss, pain. You go into the draft class, you trade DeForest Buckner, pain, right? You trade back a spot, Tristan Wirth's there. You don't take him, you take Kinlaw. So far, that has definitely not panned out, but they had a huge need in trading Buckner. Um, and again, not trying to get into Buckner versus Kinlaw. Remember, it's Buckner, Armstead, Jimmy Ward. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> Kinlaw, Jimmy Ward, and Armstead versus Buckner. Those That was the trade-off. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But they didn't, you know, Joe Staley re retires, which just sucked more pain. And they were planning on drafting Colton McKivitz to be the new left tackle for the 49ers, the starting left tackle. But thankfully, the trade with Trent Williams, Shanahan loyalty program, strikes it rich. You get Trent Williams in for a third and fifth rounder. Golly, man, that's just freaking stole, just stole that dude. He's been the best offensive lineman in football bar none since he's come in three straight years, 20, 21, 22, the best there is. About to get him for another year, which I'm excited about. But the thing that was interesting is they were going to take Colton McKivitz with that third round pick that, or sorry, the fourth round pick that we had that year. That they were just going to plug him in at left tackle. That that's how they saw him. They had a gold round, gold helmet grade on him, but they used um, that pick to trade up, I think, to get Brandon Ayuk. Then they trade Matt Breida. Then they get Colton McKivitz. He steps in, didn't work out great. They ended up cutting Colton McKivitz. But now he's back, and Shanahan and John Lynch have said repeatedly, like, listen, guys, he changed the way he behaved after that point. And I just think that's so important. Um, here's a quick clip from John Lynch himself talking about what, and this was pre-draft now. This was right after free agency. This was pre-draft. Listen to him talk about Colton McKivitz and Matt Pryor because I think that's important as well. Not a gold helmet guy, but he's kind of the safety net of Colton McKivitz. Yeah, Colton's Colton's uh, um, the guy right now, you know, and we, we just signed Matt Pryor, who's a guy who's uh, started some games in this league. But we like Colton. We, we have for a long time. Um, and uh, I think Colton's confidence, that, that game he filled in for Trent Williams, went in there and did a really good job as a, as a left tackle. He's been a good swing tackle. Uh, Colton's Colton's a good player, and uh, he's he'll get a crack at that job, and uh, there'll, there'll be a competition. But we're excited about him uh, being able to man that job. Again, Colton's the guy. There will be a competition. Have we heard this before? Like, it's it's universal across all positions. 
I know we want to apply it all the time to the quarterback position, right? Brock's the guy, but there's a competition. Trey Lance and Darnold, right? Like, it's simple. The Niners do this for every position. We have a guy, but there's a competition. Uh, We want everything to be so black and white, and this is fact. That's not, this is, you know, whatever. It's not how it works. Nuance, context, all those things matter so much whenever you're trying to break apart these complex issues, right? Like, who's the 49ers quarterback? Well, it's this guy, but he's injured, so therefore this guy, potential, draft capital, blah. Like, we always want just this is the guy. That's not. It doesn't really work that way. Now, with Colton McKivitz, he comes back, and I think people forget, if you go to that game last year, Colton McKivitz played 71 offensive snaps last year. Not a lot. Not a lot. Most of that was in, like, blowout games. Um, He did come in and play weeks um, three and four. So against Denver, Trent gets banked up. He comes in 11 plays for him, plays really well. Gave up one hurry in that Denver game. Then he started um, left tackle in Los Angeles. Again, you you had the, what's it called? Uh, Trent was battling, trying to play, not play, trying to play, not play. He got 32 snaps week four against the Rams. And was incredible. He had an 87.3 pass block grade. That's pretty freaking awesome. And 21 snaps pass blocking, 11 run blocking. Um, Zero pressures. Zero. Like, again, now this is at left tackle. We're going to see him at right tackle, which he's taking some snaps there too. But I went through this morning. I was like, man, I want to go back through that film. And I just picked a couple clips because I was on the NFL Irish show this morning. They haven't released it yet. Uh, but I had a really good interview with them. They were doing a 49ers profile piece. Um, and so I jumped on with them for about 30 minutes. If you haven't yet, one, who doesn't want to listen to football being talked about in an Irish freaking accent? And the, another thing, I was talking with Clayton right before we went live here. Their last two guests were Ian Rappaport and uh, Jeremiah Trotter, <laughs> NFL PA like guy, and then John Chapman, right? One of these things is not like the other, but really good show. Uh, go check it out. NFL, just NFL Irish show. That's what it is. It's like they're catching a lot of steam and they're working directly with the NFL to build the market. Again, we talked about international games. I got a lot of Irish listeners that reach out consistently and i freaking love them man um i did say potatoes earlier so we're sticking with that say i'm irish maybe that's why i like steak and potatoes so much but uh look paul yeah right here the nfl ireland lads are great paul dude what's up man speaking of not the devil paul's the best there is man i really wish we were going to hang out um in england this year paul but i'm gonna do everything i can to get to make sure you guys come out to a game this year we uh we break bread together brother um yeah yeah i'm Probably your biggest fan out there in social media. Love what you guys do. Now, back to Colton McKivitz. Um, I cut up just two quick plays uh, of him versus Aaron Donald, right? Because I thought this was awesome. So this is this 2022, week four, versus the Rams. This is a one-minute, 40-second clip. But this told the story exactly why I think the 49ers put a gold helmet tag on Colton McKivitz. All those years ago. Wanted to highlight just a couple plays in 2022. Colton McKivitz versus Aaron Donald. Um, and 
I mean, again, we're, we're just going to go through these really, really quick. But one of the things that stood out to me was his hand usage and just completely stalemating this guy. Again, remember this whole game, zero pressures allowed. Like, he didn't get the quarterback hit, played really, really well. But watching the game tape, it was clear to see he was frustrating Aaron Donald consistently, especially early. Because <laughs> this is who Colton McKivitz is. He's somebody that pisses people off. We saw this in West Virginia. He's going to hold on longer. He's going to get up in their space. I'm going to jump forward just two plays. Here he is in pass pro against Donald. Uh, Darnold. Um, and, you know, kind of got his weight thrown off balance. But stated spot, got help from Aaron Banks, which is awesome. But my favorite part about all this, and again, this is a gold helmet guy for the 49ers. Look at the extra shove late. And look at Darnold. He's not, he's not, he's not having it. Like, I love it. Like, pissing this dude off is just like a 49ers specialty. And this is a game that matters so much. And... McKivitz, ha you know, the team having faith in McKivitz is the fact that he made the Rams saw Trent Williams was out, purposefully put Aaron Don Donald over them, and guess what? No problems whatsoever. And again, the push, and you see the bottom of the screen, just like, man, you come at me, I don't know who you think I am. McKivitz ain't going to change who he is, and I don't want him to. I love it. Um, I'm excited about this kid. You know, another thing I take away from that video is my struggling with Sam Darnold to Aaron Donald. Uh, that is very problematic for John Chapman's brain bucket. Uh, I don't know why that's so difficult, but it is. Um, but the stock has been put in this guy's play um, and who he could be. We haven't seen him play a lot. We haven't, we haven't seen him play a lot. Brian says, give it his hope for the right side. My thing is this, and you know, we had Wayne on yesterday, which man, awesome show. And I, there's so much weight being put into that offensive line with all the quarterbacks getting hurt, whatever else, McGlinchey leaving. If, like, if there's one player, not a quarterback, that I could say is going to be a stud this year, like, if I could just like guarantee that, not that I'm predicting it, but like, okay, I got like a, you know, magic wand or whatever. Colton McKivitz would be a pretty damn high up on that list. Drake Jackson would be really, really high on that list, right? The, the edges of these younger guys that we're just crossing our fingers for, Colton McKivitz, Drake Jackson, you get some quality play from either one of those two, it's going to be pretty damn but It's going to be pretty damn good. So that's Colton McKivitz. Now, let's move on. Trey Lance, right? The year of the gold helmet players. Trey Lance was a gold helmet guy. Haven't seen him play very much. And, you know, I constantly keep going back to this. And, you know, people love to attack quarterbacks. It's just kind of the way it goes. It's such a scrutinized position. Um, you add in a lot of other myriad of factors. I get it. I get it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't condone it. I wish people wouldn't do it. I don't think you have to tear down somebody to build up somebody else. I, I might be guilty of this at times, but I don't think that's the way to go. I, I really, really don't. Like, what... Brock Purdy's not better if you hate Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance isn't better if you hate Jimmy Garoppolo. That doesn't make sense to me. They're all very, very good quarterbacks. They're all great quarterbacks. Now, do I want Trey Lance to win the job long-term? Yes, I do. Why do I want that? 
Is it because he was drafted third? No. Is it because I predicted the Niners would draft him several months in advance? No. It's because I think the skill set, if every single player hit their ceiling, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, if all of them hit their ceilings, the better quarterback would be Trey Lance. But again, this is potential. Potential means you haven't done it yet. Brock Purdy's done it. Small sample size, eight games. Brock Purdy has done it. Trey Lance has not done it. Now, is that because he hasn't done it because he's played poorly? No. The stats do not support that whatsoever. Um, we just haven't seen it. But just like the stats don't support him being bad, they don't support him being good either. He's been a average quarterback at best that's young, played through injuries on two and a half of his stats, starts the only starts that he was healthy for was the Chicago game, which was a monsoon, and the Houston Texans game, which was like one of the second half was nuts awesome. First half was bad. Then the two-minute warning came, or the two-minute drill came after the, at the end of the first half. And from there on out, it was just like, whoo. So the reason why I want Trey Lance to win is just when this, this quote-unquote competition, even if it, if it is one, is just because I think his ceiling – because of the arm strength, the body size, the mobility, all three of those things could bring the Shanahan offense, the 40 hours offense, to something we haven't seen. Having said that, I freaking love Brock Purdy. I freaking love Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy is the quarterback for 12 years, John Chapman's the happiest guy that exists because he's just such a cool dude and easy to root for and so freaking fun to watch. You don't have to tear down one to support the other. You can support them all. And I feel like this is just like on record in my head, like, right? Um, but it, it's what it is. Um, Jason says, out of the small videos of Lance throwing that he put out, he definitely has worked on his accuracy. The one thing that I could say from last year to from 2021, his rookie year, to 2022 last year, was, you know, through the preseason and even through parts of the Seattle game, which he only played a couple drives, and even the rain game, he developed a lot on his touch. It does seem like, again, small sample size to just the videos coming out. It's hard to put a major evaluation on such a small sample size. All right. And so, but yeah, you're not wrong, but we got to see it. We got to see it. And here's the cool thing. We get that opportunity. I don't want guaranteed jobs. I don't want... You know, so many people are like, man, why doesn't Kyle just come out and say trace the guy? What do you get from that? What helps with that? Just like with Colt. Hey, Colton's the guy, but we got competition there. And so, again, all of this is on the idea, I do not want to rush Brock Purdy back. I do not want to rush him back. I don't, that doesn't help Brock Purdy. I don't think that helps the 49ers. I don't think it helps trade Lance. I don't think it helps the locker room. I don't think it helps the future trade capital if you're going to trade somebody. I cannot find a benefactor to rushing Brock Purdy back early. I want to err on the side of caution with a 23-year-old quarterback that we've already seen how freaking great he can be, which is pretty damn great. So, like, for me, I operate under the pretext that it's best for everybody to see what Trey can do in regular season games early before you rush Brock Purdy back. Does that make sense? Rush, 40 hours rush. You see that? See that? That's, that's branding right there. I just placed that in there. Boom. There we go. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get back to our gold helmet guys. So Lance, we're going to get to see this year. 
Talanoa Hufunga. They got two gold helmet guys that year. Trey Lance, Talanoa Hufunga. Um, what needs to be said? First year starter, all pro freaking safety. Whenever he got drafted, his very first rookie press conference, he gets up there and says, my goal is to be a pro bowler special teamer. Well, that didn't happen, buddy. Sorry. Instead, all pro pro bowler safety. Whoo, man, that, that is just crazy. And what's even better than that, when Steve Wilkes was hired, I said this before they hired him, that if they hire Steve Wilkes, the player that will benefit the most, Talanoa Funga. Can you imagine if his play increases? If he gets more consistent, you keep all the big splash plays, you increase all the, oh, mm, excited, baby. I'm excited about this. Now, 2021 last year did not draft one of their gold helmet guys, but Adam Peters did say one guy was pretty dang close, and that's Nick Sakel, the offensive lineman. Changed his number. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, he didn't get play in time last year. John Feliciano being brought in means he's going to have to compete for some play in time because is he going to be a tackle? Is he going to be a guard? Is he going to be a center? Yeah, yeah. Greg is called, says Feliciano is a luxury backup. He's Brunskill with more experience. He's Brunskill with a bigger body. Will he have the same impact as Brunskill? I don't know. But yeah, Nick Sakil is a guy that I really, really like. And the Niners like him because they protected him all year. They didn't let him play. But they they had him on their 53 inactive stashed list every single week. Because guess what? They did not want anybody to touch this kid. Now, Valenciano steps into that Brunskill role. I'm telling you right now, if there was one injury, I, I think Nick Sakel's job this year, it's only second year, he's going to be the future Daniel Brunskill. He's going to be the future John Valenciano on a super cheap deal. It's just now you don't have to rush him into it. But I think he's going to be the backup for three positions. John Feliciano's that guy. Then you got Nick Sakil is the other guy. Um, and so probably not going to see him a lot this year. But next year, the following year, I'm telling you right now, I think Nick Sakil is going to be a part of this team for a while. They like him a lot, the versatility, the intelligence. Again, what is a gold helmet guy? Exemplary in performance, leadership, intelligence this dude's got all three um coach cruz jalen moore is on the clock they want him to step up last year halfway through the season they changed kind of what they were doing they put jalen moore and they said look jalen moore you're the backup left tackle no matter what colton mckivich you're the backup right tackle no matter what we're not doing the swing tackle game we're doing four tackles we're too deep at each position they switched it halfway through. I wonder if they're going to continue that. Is Matt Pryor going to be the backup right tackle only? And is Jalen Moore going to be the backup left tackle only? I kind of think that's what they're going to do. I won't be surprised if they keep four tackles. A lot of teams only keep three. I won't be surprised if we keep four. Uh, really, really won't. Now, you might healthy scratch one. And again, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, they're going to keep more guys there. Once we get down to that 53 bad roster prediction, oh, you, you kind of you can't you can't do everything. What's up, Sin? I know you're taking off. I hope you have a great one. You're the best there is. Um, but yeah, you, you can't do all of them. Detroit versus everybody. Man, Don, I mean, I'm excited for you. I'm glad you're pumped. I would say <laughs> I don't want to be mean. I like Tom Burr. 
I was gonna say Detroit versus <laughs> I don't want to be mean, but I kind of want to be mean. Um positional value. Detroit versus positional value. I think they had the worst draft of anybody um in the in the league. Uh running back early, off ball linebacker early, tight end early, safety early. Oh man, they could have hit some home freaking runs. Now, if all those players ball out, I love you, Don. I love you. I hated your draft, but man, you you're awesome. And I really do appreciate you. I really don't like what's happening in Detroit. I know everybody's high on them. I thought they could have got some premium players at some premium positions, and they just the hubris of acting like they're smarter than everybody, which Shanahan does sometimes too, but I think he's got a little more pelts on the wall. Um, but yeah, I, I'm betting the under on Detroit's over under this year, but man, Don Burr, I do like you. You're a good dude. And I like Detroit fans in general. I just, I hated their draft. I couldn't stand it. Now, now is the time. Here we go. Let's get to this year's gold helmet guys. They got two, not one, but two last year, zero 2021, two 2020. They got one this year. They got two, despite being so far back. And this is why they traded up. Traded up for Jair Brown. Oh, I love me some Jair Brown, baby. Now, again, uh, sticking with my Don Burr comment, I don't like the positional value, but trading up from, you know, what were we at? It was the 102 spot. They traded up from 102 to 87. 87 for a safety. Was it my idea? Um, was it my idea? And... My idea of like value, but that's okay. That's okay. And look at Don Burr right here, Detroit. Uh, period. Win or lose, loyal to the soil. I freaking love that man. It's why I love Lions fans. Love Lions fans, uh, because they all are, and they're all pretty reasonable. You have to be. Uh, never made the Super Bowl. Like we over here complain about things, and it's like, dude, we've been in the NFC Championship three out of four years. That's never happened in Detroit's entire history ever. I think we've done it like three times. Um. And not not throwing shots, I'm just saying, like, man, remember what it means to be a fan and put that into context. Niners are spoiled, man. Do I want another ring? Hell yes. There's eight teams that have never won a ring. Eight. Eight teams have never won a championship in the NFL out of 32 teams. Mm. Anyway, Don, you're the best, bro. You're the best. Now, Jair Brown. And it's weird. And this was in a little bit of the Matt Barrow's article on The Athletic. Again, go check it out. I don't want to share everything. They go through every single draft pick. I'm just wanting to highlight some of the um, gold helmet guys. But the similarities between Talano Hufunga and Jair Brown, gosh, man, if there's a Venn diagram, they like almost completely overlap. Both had six picks their final year in college. Both slower 40 times, both beyond physical, huge impact players, crazy verbal talking, talking, talking. You see it on film. You see waving the hands. You see him adjusting players. You see Hufunga do it all the time. The nickname Matt Barrows talks about in his article for Jair Brown is The Voice. The Voice, which is awesome. Like, you're getting somebody at a safety position that is the quarterback of the secondary, right? Uh, linebackers, quarterback of the front seven. We got Fred Warner. That's on lock. We ain't worried about that. Backside, Hufunga took over that role, and Tayshawn Gibson did like that. And I think a big reason why 
we talked a little bit about this last episode with Mosquito Killer. He's in here too. Hufunga had some lapses in communication. Well, guess what? You were working with Jimmy Ward, and Jimmy Ward was calling everything, calling everything, calling everything all through camp, all through preseason, and then he gets hurt. Well, guess what? We're bringing a guy off the street, and now you're in charge. There were bound to be issues. Bound to be issues. And, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Train wreck. Communications came to secondary. Man, if you're running quarters and they think you're running three or cover six, yeah, you're going to get beat. And we got beat on some of those last year. You got to simplify that stuff. There he is. There's the man. What's up, Mosquito Killer? Um, so I, I, I just think it's interesting. But you look at Jair Brown, and even though he ran a 4.6540, not great for a safety on the back end. But the 49ers said, Adam Peters, said they had a 92% on speed and accelerations among draftable safeties. So... Yeah, the, the 40 clock time, not there. Now, I will tell you this. Grading his film, especially 2021, top-end speed showed a major concern. Now, how do you fix speed at the safety or linebacker position? Up here, instincts. And this is why I think they're high on Jalen Graham, the linebacker too, not a gold star, gold helmet player. If, if you know play recognition, film, alignment, assignment, and you can do all those things and you can act quick and read quick, that takes away the need for top-end speed. Top-end speed is a bailout whenever you don't diagnose correctly or anticipate um, appropriately and things like that. Instincts will get there. Ishmael, thank you. Instincts will get him to spots faster. 2022 tape was definitely better than 2021 tape for Jaya Brown. It was way better. Um, but there were still some concerns. So here's the best thing about it. You got Tayshawn Gibson. He's got time. Injuries will happen. This dude's going to play this year, but he's got time. He does not have to start this year. The roadmap for success for Jair Brown has already been laid out with what happened to Talano Hufunga and Chikwaski Tart. Tart's the guy. Let him be the guy. Did lose a couple starts during the season to Hufunga. Proved he wasn't quite ready. They went back to Tart. Following year, you let Tart walk. Hufunga steps in. Never miss. Uh, he missed beats, but all pro, dude. <laughs> kid, kid, Jair. If you were to sit here right now and say Jair Brown's going to sit this year and be an all pro next year, every single person, including Jair Brown's grandparents and parents and siblings, would sign up for that and say, "Yup." Ah, man, that would be awesome. I don't think I don't want to put those expectations on them just because that's not very fair. Um, but this the road it's been painted. the The plan is there. Special teams. Learn, 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 learn. Step in and some you know mop up duty, injuries. Step in, wait, learn, mature, fix some technique issues with Steve Wilkes. Next year you're the guy. Next year you're the guy. Starting safeties in 2024, Talano Hufunga, Jair Brown. Put in pin. Put in Sharpie. That's happening. We just got to wait and allow him to grow into that, right? And I'm excited about that. Very excited about that. Um, and the last gold helmet guy that I want to talk about today. Oh, no. Whoa. I do back up John Chapman. Um, I have a clip that will show 
um, some of this. And I know the audio fans sometimes uh, say, but again, I'm trying to do these videos and reach out to me. If you are a person that downloads this and just listens audio, whether on Apple, Spotify, whatever, thank you. You guys help grow this big time. And I know we have way more audio downloads than we get on YouTube. Um, please reach out and message me. John, the clips are working because the audio is painting the picture so that I understand what's happening or be brutally honest. I need legit criticism. John, when you play audio clips, I hate it. Um, or these video clips and I can't tell what's going on. Please be brutally honest. I want to learn. Do I need to do it a different way, this way, whatever. So help us grow. Um, we are a multi-platformed visual slash audio show. And so there's, there's difficult there, right? So this is a play Jair Brown. It was one, of, I think it was the first play of the game. This is how he started it. It just jumps off the tape. So here we go. This is a quick one minute clip. Watch him right here on the right side. Just sees what's his key. His key is right here. And you read that he goes across. He's going to take you to the ball. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he brings the wood here. This is fun tape already. Would like him to wrap up a little bit, but man, he, he's given up some weight to this tight end, but doesn't matter. Knocks him backwards. And then the team rallies. Yeah. Everybody getting in there. Ooh, did they get the ball out? Yeah. You, I mean, you could see, look at him. Just, he gets his read, gets his key, mirrors it, comes down, boom, he will lay the wood. He's so aggressive. And look at him. Plays should be done. He ain't done. Give me that ball. You want to fight for some more? Guess what? We want that ball. And gets it out. Love it. Watch him just scream down. Whoop. Just going against the flow. Trust your eyes. Trust your key. Love that. Bang. All right. You want to keep fighting for it? Guess what? Give me that ball. Give me that ball. Gets it out and recovers it. Um, yeah, they gave it to him. So talk about a playmaker, and this dude's a ball hawk. I really liked watching it. Every time I watch Jair Brown, which I've done several games of his already, I'm just like, ooh, ooh. Man, he's awesome. He is awesome. Um, oh, this is interesting. RM says Brown day one. I don't think the 49ers are going to let him compete for that starting spot. Um is he worthy of it? Perhaps. But if Jimmy Ward, if they put Jimmy Ward at the nickel spot and let him sit on the bench for 20 plays a game because of how good Tayshawn Gibson was playing, I just cannot fathom this rookie stepping in and taking his job. If that happened, holy freaking S-balls, baby. Um, yeah, watch out. But it's just not the Niners' way. Unless an injury happens, I just don't see that pathway. Um, but... Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and maybe we can let, – let's see. Um, let, let, let's see. Oh, look at this, CJ. Oh, thank you, CJ. He says, as someone who is 90% audio when listening, the video clips are just something I accept. I won't really get. The coach clips are generally harder to hear since you are just naturally louder than them. Okay, thank you. Uh, good to know. I've, I've got to work on me and Juan to get that. The worst thing about this streaming audio is it won't show voice levels or audio levels. We have to guess. And so you can't match them because this is stupid. Ugh. Anyway, uh, I know nobody knows what I'm talking about. But anyway, we're trying to fix those things. We just have to kind of like guess and whatever else. And so sorry, I apologize about that. Uh, but good. This is stuff to work on. I like it. I like it. I like it. Now, let's get to our last gold helmet guy since they have been doing this. And they got him in the seventh round. Braided Willis. Guy I was super pumped that they got. Now, again. When I say super pumped, 
I had him rated below Cameron Latu, the tight end they took in the third round. I had six-round grades on both of them, right? So you draft one of them in the seventh round that I had a six-round grade on. I love that pick. You got value. You draft a third round, a six-round grade. That's like, oh, that's a huge reach in my book. Now, I could be totally wrong. And again, as I talk about these guys, understand this. This is important. Doesn't matter where you're drafted. Doesn't matter where you're drafted. Doesn't matter what John Chapman says on them. It matters the way in which the 49ers are going to utilize them. And I think both these players, Cameron Law too, and Braden Willis, they have significant roles to fill. Braden Willis probably earlier. Cameron Law too later. Braden Willis much more versatile. You want to use him blocking. You want to use him catching. You want to use him a fullback. He can do all those things. Cameron Law too. That dude is going to be a pass-receiving specialist. No doubt about it. Probably not this year. Maybe. Pass-receiving specialist. Braden Willis could do a lot more things. Not as good at pass-receiving. Now, he did have, I will say this, the highest broken tackle percentage of any of the drafted tight ends. Uh, he was out there a lot. Adam Peters said, quote, he's 245 with long arms, end quote. Like, that's just what he is. Super long arms. And when they were talking, Barrows and Peters, he kept talking about Britton Strange, who went really, really early, tied in out of Penn State, and how they liked Strange and um, Braden Willis, but Braden Willis had longer arms and was just as physical. And so that's why they like that. Great hands, great hands. I really, really, really like Braden Willis. Uh, and, you know, I just did another film. If you haven't joined us on Patreon yet, strongly recommend you head over there. Just Google 49ers and Patreon. We're the first one that pull up. Or you can go to patreon.com slash 49ers rush. Or it's in the link of this channel. Um, the, the audio description, it's in the link. Video, it's in the link. Go check it out. We've got seven-day free trial. Cost you nothing. Sign up. See if you like it. If you don't, cancel. Uh, if you do like it, check it out. We've got videos on all rookies. And whenever I say videos, like these, I'm sharing little tidbits. They're like 30 to 50 minute long video breakdowns on each one of these guys um, because I want to see every single play. It tells a story. You can clip plays and they tell a small story, but whenever you watch literally 70 plays consecutively of this guy and how he performs, any guy, it doesn't matter, it tells a story. Because I can sit there and tell you D. Winners is the fastest linebacker in the NFL, which he is. But I can also show you, man, two to three plays of games where he lets up and he doesn't chase full speed. Things that you got to work on, positives and negatives. And I do regard myself as a very positive fan and a positive content creator. I hate that word. Um, but, man, I, I don't make the film. I, I just show the film and give my interpretation of it. But I think that's what's important is because, again, you look at this draft class, they're all third round or later guys. You get in the third round, there's flaws and reasons why these guys fell to the third round. Brandon Willis, seventh rounder. There's reasons why he fell that far. Now you can say, well, Brock Purdy was a seventh rounder. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's reasons why. No arm strength. He's small, not top end speed, doesn't have a strong arm. Like, I mean, you can go on and on and on. Should he have gone in the seventh round? No. But he fell for a reason. Can he overcome those obstacles? Yup. Can Braden Willis? Yup. Can Cameron Latu? Every player can. Every single player can. And so I want to know, what are the obstacles, right? What are the obstacles? So here we go. 
one minute clip real quick and just nothing but dog. This dude is a bully, bully, bully. Here he is, right side of the screen. Getting to the next level. Good job. You just see him just seeking it out. Gets there, locks on. Stays on him, stays on him, stays on him, baby. Yeah. Look at that, baby. Blocking 30 yards down the field. Tell me it don't matter to him. Tell me it don't matter to him. And ref's like, all right, guys, y'all got to calm down. Yes, sir. Block through the echo of the whistle, baby. This play matters. Come on. Come on. You're not going to alpha dog this guy. That, that's what I know. I, I'm a Longhorn. I hate OU with a passion. I loved watching this guy play, and it, it's entertaining. Look, look down here at the bottom left. You can see here squaring up, just staying on him, staying on him, staying on him. A little grabby, right? A little grabby. They're grabbing each other, though. Run, stays on top. Boom. Get that extra little hit. Chest bump. You want some? Tolano Hufunga approves. I'll tell you that. Fred Warner approves. Just getting more of these kind of dog guys, right, that just want to freaking fight. Oh, he's mean. He's mean. Bully. I freaking love it, man. Yeah, it's Symmetry 7. I love this. Echo of the whistle type. And that's the funny thing. Like, completely different positions. We're talking about a tight end, Braden Willis. We started this conversation with Colton McKivitz. The one thing that I said on Colton McKivitt's film whenever I was doing it before the Niners drafted him is this dude blocks through the echo of the whistle. He does not want to stop. The whistle doesn't mean crap to him. I get to hit somebody, I want to hit somebody. And that's what we saw in the tape versus Aaron Donald. Donald, I did it again, dang it. <laughs> that's what we saw on that tape as well. Physicality has to be there. Ah, oh, this guy fits. He fits. What's up, Brandon? I love that Wu-Tang shirt, man. What's up? Bang, bang, gold rush gang. I love it. Now, moving off the gold helmet conversation, we're going to get to questions here in a minute. But one last thing that I wanted to put up there. I put this up on Twitter, just like joking around. I, I didn't think much of it. But it got a lot, a lot of traffic. And so I thought I'd share here just kind of what I put up over there. And it's just a simple, it's a Matrix uh, meme, right? Or a picture. And the whole idea was this. You got to make a choice. Red, blue, bill, blue pill, right? Blue pill. No off-season quarterback drama for 12 years for the 49ers. Red pill. The 49ers will remain a top five healthy team in the NFL for six years. Which pill are you taking? Now, the vast majority all said red pill. I think I didn't explain it very well because, again, if there's no quarterback trauma, that's assuming we have a quarterback locked up for 12 years that is the guy. So let me rephrase this, right? Blue pill, you got a stud quarterback, no quarterback questions at all for 12 straight years, or the 49ers are a top five healthy team for six years. Which pill do you take? Blue pill, quarterback 12 years, red pill, Top five healthy team for six years. Mosquito Killer says uh, blue. We got Gregus going <laughs> red. I see you, Big Papa. He says reluctantly red. It's an interesting conversation because Niners have had so much quarterback controversy, and most of the emails and DMs I get are, thank you for not making every episode about the quarterbacks. I know we jump in and out, but I try my hardest not to. Injuries have been a problem with the Niners. There's no doubt about it. And yeah, vastly strong 
red. <laughs> Health of the team's greater than one guy, even if that is the most important position in sports. Uh, Bro Montana says red. Allen says purple. Oh, look at you. Not an option. Don't mix medicines. <laughs> you got to pick. You got to pick. What's up, Scott? Love seeing you in the chat, brother. Glad you're here, man. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I didn't really have an answer. I just wanted to put it out there and start a debate. But I think that the story basically said by everybody's answers, you just want people to stay healthy. This roster is incredible. I think D Ford mixes in there some, right? Like all the corners mixes in there some. And just you have these injuries, George Kittle, uh, Elijah Mitchell. And if you can get some of those guys just to stay healthy, who knows? Who knows? Um, because you look at the playoffs, and I kept saying this, the two healthiest teams in the playoffs, Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers heading into the playoffs until the quarterbacks all started going down. I mean, we were there. Mm. We were there. Until we weren't. Until we weren't. Um, so there we go. All right, let's jump into some questions and comments that Clayton has found deemed worthy. Uh, and let, let's let's get weird. Here we go. Who's higher on the top 90 for you, John? Colton or Drake? Ooh, I got it right here. I'm pretty sure it's Colton. Um, now, I maybe it shouldn't be. Oh, no, it's not. I, I think I'm wrong. Drake Jackson has a 90 overall score. And again, this is golf. This is five different uh, producers ranking everybody one to 90. Um, you get fewer points, the higher your ranking. So the lower the number, the better Drake Jackson finished with a 90 total points, which means 19th. Um, and where did we have? Oh, Colton McKivitz. No finished with 60 um, at number 12. So yeah, Colton McKivitz was in fact higher. Uh, by seven spots on this ranking. Um, so, yeah, there we go. And I think a lot of that has to do with the question mark. Also, we don't rotate tackles very often. Drake will be part of a rotation. Um, you look at snap counts, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I apologize about that. Uh, I have Colton McKivitz higher. Did I have him higher in my rankings? I did. I did. I had him. I had my personal rankings. I had McKivitz 15. And I had Drake Jackson 17. So I had him pretty dang close. That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, here we go. Bro Montana. Do you think John and Kyle, this is a full stack team ready to go and they aren't letting us know anything? Mainstream speculation media drives me nuts. You know, they've said so many times, not their job to correct, you know, all the craziness that they got going on. Like, people want to say stupid stuff? Let them say stupid stuff. Hey, here we go. I got the clip right here. I already got it pulled up. So let's jump into this. This is right after they drafted Trey Lance. And you remember all the Mac Jones at three, Mac Jones at three, Mac Jones at three? Yeah, listen, this is a direct result to that in the media. I thought that could be an advantage for us, uh, especially when you look into stuff that just came out today, stuff that, I mean, you never know with this league. And if the whole NFL is assuming you're doing one thing and you're not doing that, I'm not going to work um, hard, and John, we're not going to work hard to correct that. Um, so simple. Uh, they've been consistent on that. Why would you correct it? Let them be crazy. Let them talk. Again, the thing I keep going back to, how many NFL insiders knew about the DeForest Buckner trade? Zero. How many knew about Joe Staley retiring? Zero. How many knew about Trent Williams being traded to us? Zero. How many knew about Javon Hargrave? 
Zero. Like, come on. Come on. Like, I don't know what else has to happen until people learn their lesson, right? What's the definition of insanity, right? Like, no NFL insider has broken any of these transactions at all. Zero of them. Now they're going to break the next one. Okay, cool. I'm going to bet on what has happened. Track record. Oh, really? They're 0 for 12? Okay, yeah. The next thing that they say as an opinion on some random show, yeah, I'm going to take that run with that. and That's going to be the basis for why the 49ers are in or out on a guy. Cool. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, and it's not like they're bad people. They're doing their damn job. The problem that I do have, okay, here we go, is, and I said this briefly yesterday, your job as an insider and you share information based on sources, then you go out and you just put out random opinions and you say them in a way that they're coming from sources and it has no basis. That makes you a bad, that makes you bad at your job. That's bad at your job. Um, that bothers me because now everybody else runs with it. And rightfully so, they should. I guess they should. I don't know. We we didn't run with it. I I I don't know. I think people get tired of hearing me talk about this. But come on, man. Some we're gonna learn soon. We're gonna learn soon. Uh, let's see here. Jose Kittle doesn't seem to like Lance. That worries me a bit. You know, really it got him a birthday cake yesterday. Uh, Lance, I, that's weird to me. I, I I don't I don't know where that comes from. I don't know. I know where it comes from. I do disagree with it considerably um give me a quick second here because i think i have let me see if i have this pulled up i've got to go through the archives um yeah like this idea was trey like sorry was kittle like best friends with jimmy garoppolo yeah they were but it, it, again like they even talked about how you know, what's it called? You can't even talk to Jimmy. He wouldn't return his phone calls, all that stuff. I think Kittle likes everybody. You can find clips of him praising Jimmy Garoppolo and talking about his chin line. You'd find him talking about Brock Purdy. You find him doing all those things. I mean, Kittle loves everybody. Try to find Kittle saying anything negative to anybody about anybody. Posing teams. Loves Buda Baker. Oh, that guy's awesome. I love playing against that guy. Like, come on. Where's the uh, clip of uh, Kittle pointing to Lance's name? Here we go. I, I got this. This is from the archives that I just pulled up. Man, I've got way too much tape. Here we go. This is George Kittle on Lance. Uh, you know, I mean, he looks a little bit better than a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, he's out there. He's slinging it. Uh, I was really excited yesterday. He made like he made an awesome throw on a play action. You know, he found the uh, he found my rookie Josh Peterson on a on a, like a far corner is what we call it on a rollout, which is like the last guy you'd throw it to on the play. And the fact that he found him in his first ever rollout was pretty cool. Um, you know, just seeing him out there and trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, I just like watching guys compete, like I said. And um, if you can pick up this offense as a rookie and be able to you know analyze it and throw it to the right guy and at the same time you know overcome coaching to make a play, it's impressive. And so. I uh, just can't wait to see what these next couple OTAs days, you know, give Trey and allow him to, you know, continue to move forward. That was his rookie year. I, like again, I just put, I just typed in Kittle Lance in my database, and that's what I pulled up. Like I don't know, man. People run with narratives because it sells clicks. I don't know if I buy into any of that, man. Um, yeah, JM says Kittle giving Lance a cake doesn't fit any of the fanboys' narratives. 
And again, I would argue this. Uh, I'm just going to go out on a, a limb here. Probably doesn't apply to everybody. And again, the same ones that are saying they hate Lance are probably the same ones that made a lot of clicks on hating on Jimmy Garoppolo. And they're probably the same ones that were pulling for Nick Mullins to be the quarterback until he was, then they weren't anymore. And though, guess what? Just looking forward, crazy prediction. Call me wacko. Probably going to be the same ones that Brock Purdy wins the job. Will be the same ones saying, guess what? Mm, maybe Purdy isn't the guy. Maybe Shanahan didn't really want him. Maybe, like, let's just be honest. I've been a part of locker rooms for a long part. As a player, as a coach, as a head coach, position coach, coordinator, whatever. There's humans in there. And yeah, some people click, some people don't. But if you're trying to read through the, the tea leaves on who Kittle likes and who Kittle doesn't like, find one person that George Kittle doesn't like. Find one. Find one. Find him saying something negative about anybody. You're going to be looking for a long time because that's just not who he is. That's just not who he is. Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll see. Scott, what's up, man? He says, what rookie has the best chance to start? Um, Jake Moody would be that one, but I don't think that really counts. But if you're looking just at positional opportunity, man, it's going to be hard to do without an injury. Um, you know, looking at these, Jair Brown's got to have an injury. Cameron Lawtu got to have two injuries. Looter, got to have a couple injuries. Robert Bill, that one maybe makes the most sense just on pass rush downs. Doesn't classify as a starter. D winners, oh, that one. He could win that number three job possibly over Oren Burks, who I think is probably going to get the guy. I've been saying he's going to be the starter for a long time, but D winners, that would be my go-to choice right there at that Sam position player. Jalen Graham would probably be number two. Ronnie Bell, no chance. Uh, I think he's going to be maybe make the roster. Braden Willis, no chance. He he has a chance to be the tight end, too. Again, I have Braden Willis having a better chance to get tight end, too, than Cameron Lawtu this year, especially early. Lawtu, we'll see what he can be. But again, Braden Willis can already block, can already do all those things, can already do those, like, everything. So... Willis at tight end two early, Law two, man, slot slash tight end two late. Um, Team Moody, we called on the UK draft show. I love it. You guys like your kickers. Uh, I get it. I get it. Uh, Moody's going to start, but again, do you consider kicker a starter? Um, he's a specialist, but yeah, for sure. Moody's got to be the kicker week one, 100%. Here we go, Mr. Laidback. What's going on? Uh, what's going to happen with the wide receiver? Um, the 49ers signed from social media. Yeah, we got to see Isaiah Winstead out of East Carolina, East Carolina, fun player, six, three, you know, slower guy, but super shifty. He's got to, he's got to fight. If, if he's going to make this roster, Ronnie Bell will not, right? If he's going to make this roster, Danny Gray might not. So it's not so much about like, man, you could be really high on this guy and like this guy. You have to constantly do the opportunity cost. If he makes it, somebody doesn't at that position. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Wayne, and I. this is Wayne, there's 13 wide receivers on this roster. Last year, they kept five. You see what I'm saying? So Isaiah Winston, he's got to beat out. Tyron Scott, Shea Wyatt, Tay Martin, Willie Sneed, Daz Newsom, Chris Conley, and Ronnie Bell. It's not just a one-on-one. -on -one. 
I think we're going to see wide receivers start getting cut pretty soon. Niners going to have to announce some cuts uh, soon. I think next Tuesday. Um, yeah, I, I like Winstead, but again, you got to put these guys into context. Niners like the redshirt players and keep them on the practice squad. Isaiah Winston is somebody that they know nobody else wanted was the last addition to the 90 man squad. This is a long-term play. If it's anything, they are not going to, I just don't see an opportunity for him to make the 53. Maybe he shocks and I hope he does. And man, that'd be fun. But I've been wrong lots of times before. I think Isaiah Winston long-term best thing for him would be on the practice squad. If he can, Clear waivers, come back on our practice squad. That'd be probably the best thing for him. My own personal opinion. All right, what do we got next, Clayton? Oh, that's it. He he gave us the uh, wrap-up. Now, we will be live tomorrow. It's going to be kind of weird. I got in-laws coming in town. We got schedule release. We're going to have a good time uh, with that. Remember, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. As we announce where we'll be hosting our events, that is where that's going to be. Uh, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. It's not up now. I've got a lot of last year stuff, but I want to. That's where everything's going to be. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Um, come join us. Appreciate you guys. You are the best there is. Thank you to our producers, Timothy, David, Philip, Kilted Niner, 49ers George365. You are the best. Clayton, the man behind the scenes. Woo! Fun show. Until next time, stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.